a Vulcan would face such a loss without tears. By understanding every life comes to an end when time demands it. Loss of life is to be mourned, but only if the life was wasted. Change is the essential process of all existence. After a time, you may find that having is not so pleasing a thing after all as wanting. It is not logical, but it is often true. Live long and prosper. Live long and prosper, Spock. It knows only that it needs, Commander. But like so many of us, it does not know what. An ancestor of mine maintained that if you eliminate the impossible, whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth. Don't grieve, Admiral. It is logical. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one We are assembled here today to pay final respects to our honored dead. And yet it should be noted that in the midst of our sorrow, this death takes place in the shadow of new life, the sunrise of a new world, a world that our beloved comrade gave his life to protect and nourish. He did not feel this sacrifice a vain or empty one, and we will not debate his profound wisdom at these proceedings. Of my friend, I can only say this. Of all the souls I have encountered in my travels, his was the most human. Others?
remember. Early in the day on Friday, February 27th, 2015, Leonard Nimoy passed away in his home in Los Angeles. He was 83 years old. There is really very little we can say that has not already been, and although most people knew he suffered from COPD or chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, the announcement of his death shook the very core of every Star Trek and science fiction fan. Few others embraced the concept of Star Trek quite like Leonard Nimoy. Few actors can say they have been and continued to be with the franchise since the beginning, or indeed with any franchise for this long. Starting from the pilot episode through 60 years of television, animation, voice work, and in film, including the Star Trek reboot by J.J. Abrams, for all intents and purposes, Leonard Nimoy and the character Mr. Spock was the embodiment of Star Trek. Jeffrey Combs, the actor who played Weyoun in DS9, and Andorian Commander Shran probably said it best in a Twitter post. All of us in the Star Trek world have always known that we were standing on the shoulders of giants. Moments after it was announced that he passed, social media exploded with heartfelt sympathy and condolences. Fans and Star Trek alum mourned together. John Cho, the new Sulu, tweeted, Feels like we lost the head of the family. Thanks and rest in peace, Leonard. His successor to the role of Spock, Zachary Quinto, wrote on Instagram, My heart is broken. I love you profoundly, my dear friend, and I will miss you every day. May flights of angels sing thee to thy rest. And William Shatner, Captain Kirk himself, wrote, I loved him like a brother. We will all miss his humor, his talent, and his capacity to love. When we turned to our own close community, we asked for you to share your most memorable moments of Leonard and his projects. Via Twitter, Captain Peeps wrote, His crusade to stop people smoking. I've loved him since I was a kid. Amazing man. Kind heart. Rest in peace. Steel X Nova wrote, I've been in the Star Trek for less than a year, but I immediately teared up when I saw this. Via the Priority One Facebook page, folks like Lee Malin wrote, Rest in peace to a special person who brought so much to this world and beyond. And Dale Briggs quoted James T. Kirk's eulogy from the end of Wrath of Khan. In Star Trek Online, executive producer Stephen Salami Inferno Ricosa has announced to the community that a memorial will be created to honor Leonard Nimoy and Mr. Spock in-game. Players can expect to see this on Thursday, March 5th. Until then, players have congregated on Vulcan to pay their respects. The community has, without hesitance, come together to honor the life of this great man. We may not have had his phone number in our contact list, but Leonard Nimoy was a close friend to each and every one of us. At conventions, he was charming, warm, and never made you feel silly for being a Star Trek fan. It is true what President Obama said about the loss of this iconic man. Quote, Long before being nerdy was cool, there was Leonard Nimoy. End quote. 
The loss of Leonard Nimoy is one of the greatest in the artistic and sci-fi industry. Still, he did, in fact, lead a long and prosperous life. Now, let us celebrate that life and honor the work that he has done. As Leonard Bones McCoy said at the end of Wrath of Khan, you know, he's not really dead, as long as we remember him. This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our Patreon supporter, Mizugai. We thank him and all our other patrons for their monthly support. Command codes verified. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. You're listening to episode 211 of Priority One Podcast, the premier Star Trek online podcast recorded on Thursday, February 26th, 2015, and available for download or streaming on Monday, March 2nd at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Cookie. I'm Elijah. And I'm Jace. What do we have this week, Jace? This week, we trek out all the Star Trek sounds your little heart could ever want. In Stow News, a massive patch has hit Holodeck that not only squashed some bugs, but also introduce the changes to reward payouts for mission content. We also keep tracking those devs and keep you informed of special posts related to the game. Finally, before we wrap the show, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Admirals, we invite you to join us for the live recordings of these episodes on PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash live because there's nothing more fun than engaging with you in the chat room on Thursday nights. So join in on the fun at around 8 p.m. Eastern, that's around 5 p.m. Pacific, on Thursday nights only at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash live. Now it seems like a long ways away, Admirals, but before you know it, the 2015 Star Trek Las Vegas convention will be upon us. We have no plans to run another crowdfunding campaign this year, What we have done is included the expenses as the stretch goal of our Patreon page. So, if you're a fan of our on-site coverage of events like Star Trek Las Vegas, then take a look at our Patreon page and consider a monthly contribution to Priority One Podcast. We'd love to meet you in person. Yeah, and Vegas has an even bigger significance this year because Creation has dialed back the number of conventions for Star Trek they're running this year in anticipation of the big push next year for the 50th anniversary. So there's going to be no... Uh, local East Coast cons like Elijah and I attended last year. It's all or nothing this time. Mm -hmm. So far, our most popular contribution level is $10 a month, which gets you the raw, unedited live recording of our episodes days before Monday's edited show is released. In addition, you get a place of pride on our contributors wall on PriorityOnePodcast.com. That's just $250 an episode or $250 then. And if you can't afford to support the show financially, then don't worry. Because there's another way that you can show your support, and that's by chatting with us, following us on Facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast, or on Twitter via at STO Priority One. And if you're in game, then catch the cast, crew, and fleetmates by joining the Priority One chat. To do that, just type forward slash channel underscore join Priority One. I want to take a moment and thank you 
for nominating us again in the 10th annual People's Choice Podcast Awards. If you didn't already know this, Priority One Podcast is a 100% volunteer endeavor. That means that the passion from this team is not fueled by financial gain. Nope, no paychecks here. It's fueled by a common love for Star Trek and Star Trek Online, a love that we share with you. There is no greater honor than knowing that you, again, nominated us. That means that you share in the same passion and that we're doing something right. The fact that you recognize us for our work and share our passion for Trek is truly humbling. Thank you so very much. We still need your support, Admirals. Now we're going to ask that you vote for Priority One Podcast once a day, every day. Make sure to get your friends and fleetmates to vote too. Remind them every day. This year, help us show the podcast community that there's no podcast like a Star Trek podcast. To vote, visit podcastawards.com and select Priority One Podcast once a day, every day. Now let's check out the sounds of Star Trek. I don't know. Then let's trek it out. A lot of you have been enjoying the prelude stories at the beginning of each episode, where you get to listen to the adventures of the USS Prioritas. But have you ever wondered how our audio editor makes it sound like we are actually on a starship? Well, a lot of these sounds are just a click away, and not only can they be used for audio enhancements or sound effects, but you can also get some pretty cool text message alerts and ringtones from this website. For instance, this is my ringtone. Pretty cool, huh? I also have my eye on a few for a text message alert, such as... Incoming transmission. And... And... I love that one. That's a good one. The website is trekcore.com, and you can just click the General tab at the top and click Iconic Sounds, and you're entered into the world of Star Trek sound effects. You can find just about any Star Trek sound you can think of, from weapons to door chimes and everything in between. It also has a large variety of background noises for that perfect Star Trek ambiance. Great for parties. This website not only has immersive sounds from the various Star Trek series, but it also has little sound bites from certain episodes. This seems like a work in progress, and they're always adding more to it, so a lot of the series are not complete, but it's a nice little resource if you're looking for a quick sound clip. For instance, let's say you're in the middle of a debate between one of your co-hosts over the proper pronunciation of the tropical pleasure planet Risa, or Risa. Which one is it? Risa. Oh, you think it's Risa? It's Risa. Okay, well, well, let's just find out. You can just type in trekcore.com forward slash audio, find the series and episodes you want, look for an audio snippet, and... Welcome to Risa. All that is ours is yours. Oh, look, she said Ryza with a Z. Bam. Did everybody hear that? It's not just in my head, right? It's a little bit in your head. No. You want to hear it again? No, it's okay. Welcome to Ryza. All that is ours is yours. It was a Z. It was She's a like, Z Ryza. sound. Ryza. No, Ryza. <laughs> it was a definitely a, a Z sound. And that's coming from Ryza itself, okay? That's the computer voice from Ryza greeting the people when they come. Now that's not all this website has to offer. It also has tons of other Star Trek resources. 
to explore, like wallpapers, videos, episode guides, behind-the-scenes info, current events, and Star Trek news. So check it out and grab a few ringtones while you're there. A link will be in the show notes. Ooh, wallpapers, that's great. I need a wallpaper for my new computer at work. I came back and they had given me a new 27-inch monitor or 24-inch monitor, and it had a life-size koala head staring me down. Aw, that's so cute. Why would you want to change that? Uh, it's creepy. It's evil black eyes. <laughs> so if you discovered something that you think the rest of our listeners would enjoy hearing about, a new advancement in science or tech that you'd like us to cover, send it over to us via incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Well, let's find out what happened this week in Star Trek Online. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. This week was a long list of patches to Star Trek Online, including, but not limited to, the update of reward payouts to playable content in the game. But first, let's take care of some of the other interesting bullet points that were listed in the patch notes this week. All right, so first off, a simple quality of life change. Commodities may now be purchased in bulk up to 250 units at a time. Woohoo! Fantastic for filling up those fleet projects, mm -hmm. for sure. Absolutely. It was really annoying to have to do 100 at a time and, like, slide the slider over and... It just It's nice to be able to buy these in bulk now. I mean, it wasn't really annoying, but it was a little teeny bit annoying. It was annoying. It was, it's a quality of life thing. It's nice. It's a, it's a quality of life thing. It's a small change, but it's pleasant. Thanks for looking out. As promised, a new research and development school has been added called Special Projects. This will be used for anything that's not directly related to the existing R&D schools. doesn't rely on skill levels, research XP, or anything like that. For right now, that's where the existing Omega refinement R&D projects have been moved to clear out science. This will have no impact on your projects already in progress. I can vouch for this. I logged in and all mine were normal and I started some new ones. Omega R&D projects will remain available indefinitely as we reported before and they will stay in this special project school. Next up, they added the run mod as a possible mod for crafted ground weapons. Now this one's interesting. It's not any kind of proc. It's 15% run speed while the weapon is equipped. So might be worth picking up one of those just to have it equipped so you can run around faster all the time. I wouldn't mind having this on a weapon, especially for ground battle zones. Yeah. Will this work for like the winter event, the races? I don't know. Oh, that's a good question. They made sure to deactivate most things that buffed speed, but not all. So we'll see what they do next mm -hmm. time. All right, and now, instead of loadout news, we have lag news. resolved an issue which was causing UI lag in the space power tray. And the peasants rejoiced. Yay! Right. Woohoo! I noticed this today, actually. Uh, yeah, I did an Argala, and everything seemed smooth again. Hopefully, this will mean less deaths for me in STFs. <laughs> However, on the flip side, I have seen some players reporting rubber banding in the STFs, but I haven't seen that yet myself. Well, we actually got an awesome piece of feedback regarding the lag and some of the technical information behind it, according to the technical forums for Star Trek Online, but we'll get to that in feedback later today. Now, probably the most impactful changes to the game came in the form of changes to reward payouts for a significant amount of content in Star Trek Online. Remember how I challenged the concept of grinding in Star Trek Online? Remember how I reminded everyone that a restructuring of the reward payouts was fast approaching? Well, here it is. Now, for starters, Dilithium has been added to all episodes in the episode journal. 
Now, if you're replaying the mission, you won't get the max amount like you would if you played for the first time. According to patch notes, the amount of dilithium earned depends on the scale of the episode itself and is displayed in the reward list of each episode. But from a quick glance at the mission journal, it looks like most replays will earn you about 192 dilithium. And speaking of dilithium, the reward for normal PvE queues has been raised from 360 to 480. Now, to discuss this even further, Charles Gray hit the Star Trek Online forums and made a very lengthy, detailed post. Now, for those of you that don't know, Charles Gray is the lead content designer for Star Trek Online. Now, for instance, in addition to the Dilithium rewards, PvEQs have had their skill point and expertise rewards increased significantly. For most, this is approximately a three-fold increase. Sector patrols now reward Dilithium, but in a controversial move, they've time-gated the patrols with a 30-minute cooldown. Now, Charles Gray explains that adding a cooldown allows the team to keep rewards relatively high, but still keep them normalized and acts as a fail-safe in the event certain loopholes or exploits develop. Now, in terms of the sector patrols, it's not just that they added a cooldown and dilithium, and I understand that by introducing dilithium into the patrols, you've got to be able to mitigate the possibility of exploits and workarounds because dilithium is not just a time currency but an exchangeable money currency as well so i i understand that and i think 30 minutes is reasonable especially if you can still go out and play other patrols right it's not that you play one patrol on a planet and then you cannot play any patrols right it's that you just cannot warp out and then warp back in right to that same planet right exactly so you could still go off and do other patrols you may not get the skill point and expertise rewards that the one patrol like Argala was getting because you're on a cooldown. But at least not only are you getting XP, you're also getting uh, some dilithium. Now, speaking of skill points and expertise, those rewards have been adjusted. So they give a relative amount to one another for the expected playtime. So that means that not just Argala has been adjusted, but most patrols, if not all patrols, have been adjusted. Now, all Adventure Zone and Battle Zone missions award skill points and expertise for completion. And the team has added elite marks, including Borg neural processors, ancient power cells, Voth cybernetic implants, and isomorphic injections to the adventure and battle zones. Now, not all of these are in all of the battle zones. They are specific, and we encourage you to check out the official post. Links, of course, will be in the show notes. So why the change? Well, Charles Gray lead content designer for Star Trek Online, explains that the main goal we had in mind was to treat skill points, expertise, and dilithium more like a time currency. That is, you play for X minutes and you will earn Y rewards. Although this will never be an exact science, we want to ensure that time invested would earn you similar rates of these rewards across the game, regardless of what you choose to play. So that brings us to our first community question. What has your experience been with the changes to the reward payouts in STO? Have you begun earning enough XP to better progress through something like the specialization system? Do you feel you now have several options to go and level up? Let us know in the comments section for this episode on PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO211 or by replying to the official forum post for this episode on the Star Trek Online forums. Now, here is one thing I'm going to ask you guys, and I kind of want your opinion, Cookie and Jace. With this amount of dilithium now available to players, do you have any concern about dilithium bottlenecking? I mean, there's been the concern now. What do you mean by dilithium bottlenecking? So, as it stands right now, you can only refine 8,000 dilithium per day 
uh, unless you're a lifetime, or is it the lifetime gets the 8,000? I forget. No, it's 8,000. Lifetime can do a mission that lets you do an extra 1,000 basically every other day, and then there's a mission from the fleet, the lithium mine, that I think lets you do another 500. Which I never do that. Right. Even though I can, but I just don't. So right now you can refine only 8,000 dilithium, and now here we are going to be earning all of this dilithium ore with only... The whopping 192 emission? Yeah, but it's not just that, but it's also <laughs> the PVE content, the patrols. These are all going to generate some dilithium, more so than what we ever got before. So, I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, I rarely hit the dilithium cap. Like what Al said last week, I think the average player doesn't. It's not that hard to if you play daily in a fairly concerted way, especially with things like marauding on the KDF side. and I mean, some people hit the cap every day on a half a dozen or even more characters. So I think it will impact some people absolutely even more now. They'll hit the cap sooner. My speculation is that this is meant to bring some of those other folks who don't ever hit the cap up to parity a little more. The idea is not so much to boost the people who are already maxing it out, but to lift up some of the more casual players. I don't know, though. That's just my... Yeah, no, this is not going to be an issue for me. I'm not going to have any problems with earning more dilithium. I've never had enough stockpiled to where I'm, like... Concerned about refining it per day? Yeah, I mean, I would like the daily refinement to be upped for the lifetime. I think that's fair. I think it's free to play. It's fair for 8000 but for lifetime or people who've paid, I think they should have that perk. I spend it as soon as I get it. I can't, I can't store it up, so it's not an issue for me. And we're at the point already where fleet star bases are starting to, you know, most fleet star bases are already at tier five. The demands on dilithium right now, I think, are slowing, unless you're crafting, of course, right? Because crafting does require a significant amount of dilithium. When the crafting system first came out, I think people were just starting to hit tier five uh, in their star base, which is a very dilithium sync system. So I think some people are going to feel the pain of having only 8,000, but, you know, several thousand, tens of thousands of dilithium ore and only being able to do it 8,000 a day. My fleet has been completely stagnant for like two months. We've been trying to upgrade that. We're in the upgrade phase. We don't have enough dilithium. Everybody's using their dilithium for their personal needs, and so... I haven't even looked at our fleet. Time will tell. We'll see how players start feeling about the dilithium cap over time and if it's starting to be a real sore for people. Also in this patch is a change to the tactic known as plasma doping. Basically, the Romulan Embassy Science Consoles, which grant non-plasma energy weapons a chance for a plasma burn effect, similar to what plasma energy weapons do, were scaling too high in the new mark levels and quality levels possible in Delta Rising. Also on top of that, the burn damage itself was being buffed by tactical consoles as well. These two issues were resolved in this patch, though Bordicus has additional changes to improve and balance these consoles for all players coming soon. And a link to the discussion thread, including several posts by Bort, will be in the show notes. Basically, coming soon, it's going to be changed to an instant damage effect called a plasma burst or plasma explosion which will still not scale with the consoles, but will do all that damage at once instead of over time and be buffed by certain abilities, but not by the consoles. I was doping because science, we need all the help we can get, okay? I was doping just so I can be the cool kid. (laughs) Oh, it was peer pressure. I parsed today. I was on a really good team though, so that might have had to do with it, but I was only 10K lower than the average, not even the average from my best. I was only 10k lower. I thought it was going to be like 20k lower, which is not as bad as I thought. And I know a lot of the DPS that 
I could have is a, has a lot to do with piloting, which I need to improve a lot. Just like slamming on your keyboard, slamming on my space bar, I have to stop doing that. You're not supposed to do that. I don't even know if anybody knows this, but you're not supposed to slam on your space bar all the time. You're only supposed to touch it once per bad guy. Did you know that? Yeah, I knew that. Well, I didn't. And <laughs> there's a lot of other things I need to do to improve my DPS that has nothing to do with this doping. And so I'm hoping to just improve my piloting. Why can't you keep tapping spacebar? Because you'll interfere with the weapon firing cycles by constantly initiating a new firing cycle. Wow. And then there's other things you're supposed to do also, not even that, but just like you have to be more aware of when you click your different abilities because every time you click an ability, it interrupts your firing cycle. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to learn. I'm learning all this. I'm trying to improve. It's really hard not to slam on my space bar, though. Really hard. That part's really high end. Not constantly interrupting with the space bar is the first step. And having really good hotkeys for the rest of your stuff, I think, makes it easier. It's the next thing I need to set up. I'm just sort of finishing up my gear build. I'm going to practice that. So it's not so much about the plasma doping anymore. It's just about my piloting. I'm trying to improve that. I was upset at first about the plasma doping, but now it's just a new challenge. You were jonesing. <laughs> can't, don't you can't take out that plasma from it? What'd you do? <laughs> Give me the plasma. It was pretty obvious that it wasn't really as intended. And uh, I appreciate that Bordicus has had an extensive dialogue with some people in the forums who are really good with the math to closely look at it instead of just applying the blanket nerf. And we'll get some additional balance fixes uh, in the near future. Again this week, in an effort to bring you some of the news and comments from Perfect World and Cryptic that aren't officially announced in the blogs this week, here's the latest comments pulled from the forums, DevTracker, and the Twitterverse. First up, Star Trek Online's newly appointed executive producer Salami Infernal tweeted a picture looking over concept artist Hector Ortiz's shoulder. The image is of a room with some type of generator or containment device of some sort? Could this be a lab with a stabilized Omega particle? Doesn't look standard issue Federation to me. Well, maybe it's a new bridge. Up next, Star Trek Online's lead designer, Al, Captain Gecko Rivera, tweeted some pics. First of early crafting designs when the crafting system was still being developed. A second picture was of Delta Rising whiteboard brainstorms. I'd like to know whose handwriting that is. I can barely read this. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) So these are some early, literally drawing board bullet points for content that has hit Star Trek Online already. So we encourage you to track those out. Links, of course, will be in the show notes. So we have some events coming up. Cookie, why don't you talk to us about those events in game? Well, the anniversary event is now over. If you're just shy of the anniversary cumendations needed to get the Kobali Samsar Cruiser, you can still purchase cumendation packages from the Lobby Crystal Store until Thursday, March 5th. We also have a few events coming up on the calendar from March 2nd through March 6th. When you play qualifying foundry missions, you can earn your choice of reputation marks. So now is a great time to test out that new top three foundry feature. Also, starting on Thursday, March 5th through March 26th, the Crystalline Cataclysm event will be live. Each day upon completion of the queue, you will receive one crystal shard, and when you collect 14, you can get a special bonus prize. I actually need to participate in this every single day because I have half of last year's completed and slotted, and then I want to complete this year, so I think it should, if I do it every single day, I think I'll have enough. Oh, nice. Good luck. 
So we'd also like to highlight an upcoming community event within the KDF faction called the Festival of Blood and Fire. Coming March 14th, KDF players of all levels can meet for a day of missions, STFs, possible giveaways, and fun for all level ranges. The festivities begin at noon Greenwich Mean Time, 4 a.m. Pacific, 1 a.m. Eastern, and run all day that Saturday until midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. Eastern. If you're interested in A Chance for Glory, links to the Blood, Wine, and Gach blog announcement and the STO forum post will be in the show notes. KDF veterans take note they are still looking for help in organizing the event as well, as they're going to have meetup spots for all different level brackets. Well, that wraps up Star Trek Online news for this week. Let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Well, Admirals, we're at the part of the show where we've opened hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. And as a reminder, last week's community question was, what have your experiences been with the crafting system? What do you consider good enough? when you're crafting items with random features and mods. What changes or new features would you like to see added to the crafting system in Star Trek Online? Sunseal writes via PriorityOnePodcast.com, After looking at most of the crafting system's random proc application, my biggest question is, why can't we have the new BOF training system applied to crafting? This is to say, why can't we have blank items with modding slots granted upon each rarity upgrade? You can craft and apply a mod of your choosing and apply it much like a kit slot. Now, before people complain, instead of the endless hassle of the mods being interchangeable once you cook them in through the crafting system, it's baked in forever. It may make crafting take a bit longer, but I think this would go a long way to fixing a lot of the hate coming out of the crafter community. I kind of like that idea. You basically craft something like a kit module or a training manual and apply it, and it would be permanently applied instead of being more changeable like those other two systems. That would work fine. Could you switch it out? No, no. Or no, no. no. Okay. I was thinking... That would be a bit much. That would be crazy. But, I mean, Al was even talking about being able to change a mod on an existing weapon, so... I mean, we'll see. Tobias LTF commented via PriorityOnePodcast.com, Another great show, guys. I share your pain with the crafting system. The randomness of the current crafting system is one of its main drawbacks. As far as changes, Tobias suggests a few, including reverse engineering school that allows a crafter to break down vendor trash items into useful components. And I personally like that idea. Yeah, that's cool. Yes. Because most of the time now you sell it for EC, right? Yeah, but just vendor. How awesome would it be if you can, you know, kind of make a, get some components? Mm-hmm. And I've heard people suggest that before, and it is a really good idea. Yeah, it's like disenchanting in Warcraft. Rob DMC commented via PriorityOnePodcast.com, Jace's experience with the crafting system is spot on. Crafting the item you want does take thousands of Mark II items. What I would like to see is to be able to select the three modifiers I want and then roll on each modifier with odds of success being dependent on my school level and DOF quality. That way a person with a school level close to 20 would have essentially be choosing the mods directly while lower level people feel like they're controlling the randomness a bit. Stacking the odds. That seems totally reasonable to me. Jason H. posted on PriorityOnePodcast.com. Long time, first time. The crafting system is a huge upgrade on the old system. I wouldn't mind the randomness in mods if they were more equal in usefulness. 
Some of the new mods are interesting, but the info on what they do is difficult to find. By the way, Stargate Universe was awesome. I still remain pissed that sci-fi canceled it. Great show as usual. Love the interviews with the devs. Yeah, I think it was Green Dragoon on Twitter who might have pointed out the same thing, that it would be almost as good as reducing the randomness if the mods were more balanced. So there's two ways of looking at it. It's true. I mean, I still like choice, but if it wasn't just that there were clearly better mods than others, and some mods that are useless to some players, like a, a PvP mod on a PvE build does nothing for me. It might as well be not there. It might, be a, might as well be a blue item instead of a purple item. Star Chaser writes via PriorityOnePodcast.com, When it comes to crafting the actual gear, I don't mind the randomness of modifiers that much, especially since most of the items are Mark II and cheaply made. When you get the modifiers you want, it makes a sweet experience. Uh, yay, I got the modifiers I want. The randomness also lets you see modifiers that you may not normally see. When it comes to upgrading, that's a different story. When you upgrade items, you are spending extensive resources. I would like to see a crafting item that goes with upgrades that would allow you to select the modifier you want. Vesteren commented on the Star Trek Online forum post for this episode, It was always the plan to add modifiers, but seeing as people such as yourself were knocking over tables and sprinting to the door to pay them millions and millions of dill for a fundamentally broken system, they decided to say, why should we fix it? And that's exactly the same way everything in this game has been ruined. The whales can't help themselves giving them money no matter what. You could theoretically ask for changes or have suggestions heard, but not with no life subscribers around. No matter how terrible the game gets, they will open wallet and they are ultimately responsible for the demise. I just wanted to say, I think you may have uh, misunderstood my crafting rant. I was using a little bit of hyperbole, but I actually didn't spend any Zen or Dilithium other than on a few upgrade kits. And actually the majority of the upgrade kits I used were Omega Techs, which were free earned through the mini game. So my concern is the time investment, the play investment that feels very unrewarding. If I was able to, at the end of that process, get the items I wanted, I wouldn't really be worried about the, the Dilithium or, or energy credits, but I was using white quality commodities, white quality crafting materials, and uh, free items earned through the anniversary event to do this. It just takes way too much wasted effort, stuff that's just getting vendored. And that's really the concern that I had about it. It really doesn't cost until you start getting into when you actually have to craft the high-end kits or when you have to apply them with Dilithium or if you're purchasing R&D packs. And I understand that. And that's, that's an even greater pain point. I would be even more frustrated if I wasn't mostly making use of free resources. And I want to comment on the fact that, you know, immediately he or she is under the assumption that people are just obliviously giving money to what this commenter considers to be a terrible game. Is it quite possible that it's not a terrible game? And that... People are giving money because they see value and enjoyment in what they are playing. So I don't share in that idea that because people spend money in the game, it is a terrible game. On the contrary, I think people are spending money in the game because they are, in in fact, enjoying it. And if you do not, then therefore you do not spend the money in the game, just as I didn't see value in the new command ships or the bundle. So I skipped this one this time. That doesn't mean I'm not going to spend money elsewhere because I find value in the game uh, and enjoyment. So uh, blaming the whales and blaming people that enjoy the game um, is, is, a really, is a really big stretch. 
Well, my concern, if people decided they wanted to do something like a boycott, which there was talk of at one point, you know, months and months ago with some other issue that arose, is that if they started seeing reduced uh, revenues, I feel like that would make them more likely to do something very gimmicky. You know, if they were under pressure, like we're being less successful than normal, it might make it challenging for them to, to get the resources they need to do more of the kinds of stuff we want as fixes because mm-hmm. they're different. Mm-hmm. Like bug fixes and stuff like that are a side effect of a grown revenue stream. The business side of it mm-hmm. is complicated. Um, yeah. It's tough. You do have to speak with your wallet. That's that's what, as consumers, it's the main thing we can do as consumers. Support the things we like and, and don't support the things we don't like. But it's tricky. I don't know if everybody pulling their support would result in the kinds of changes that people think or hope. And the Grand Nagus points out that, sure, there are failed games that people continue to give money on. And, and there's actually games still in development that people throw money at. But... There is no doubt that Star Trek Online continues its development, as, as the Grand Nagus points out in the chat, and that we continue to not only see bug fixes, but we see the installation of new systems and development of new systems. So, you know, to blame people who love the game and spend money on the game for, for some of the issues that this particular person doesn't enjoy, I think is a stretch, quite a stretch. William Mattioli Serenoni commented on the Facebook post for this episode. I would consider good enough if the system had ways for me to choose basic stats and had a chance to get something better on top of those. The system tells me when I need to get a very rare Mark 12 item. I can choose what mods it will have, and I'm 100% sure I will get an item that has at least these stats. It could have a random chance of getting something better, and I would consider it as a nice bonus. It would fit the role-playing aspect as well. When you're going to build a machine, you plan its stats. But occasionally, you may have a super idea while building your machine, and you can make something better that was not planned. Yeah, I like the idea of, of being able to get a critical success. It's just the problem is once there's something special you can make, that becomes the main thing that people want and the regular thing becomes undervalued. It's like how when you make the special items in crafting, the level 15 skill items, the purple ones usually go for cheap. Like everybody just wants to get the ultra rares. And even those have come down because more people are making them. But it's like you just keep doing it till you get the ultra rare because it's better than upgrading it or it was but depends on the item i guess and now we're going to talk about some of the general feedback for last week's show gavin runeblade posted on the priority one podcast.com website for last week's episode on the disconnects from the tech support forums there are instructions to track your connection to the servers and it shows where the disconnect is happening reading through most of the posts about the disconnects shows the results of running a tracking command. Virtually 100% are laying blame at Cogent, which is the ISP that is closest to PWE Cryptic, or at least the Cryptic servers, the, the last step before the Cryptic servers. Apparently, the wave of disconnects are when one of Cogent's routers starts getting 100% packet loss. Now, this is getting very technical, guys. This is a lot of networking things. It's so cool, though. Anyone getting from Cogent to Cryptic on that particular router is dropped. Anyone connecting via a different one is unaffected. 
It's not clear why this is hitting some and not others. Maybe cryptic traffic, maybe something internal to Cogent, maybe something totally unrelated like other companies that also get service from Cogent and share the router with cryptic. Uh, that's that's pretty interesting. That would that really would explain it because if the packets are being lost through this particular ISP, then I, my guess is that it's a regional thing. So for instance, certain regions of the United States coming through other ISPs might be seeing more issues. So for instance, I'm on Verizon Fios. Um, Jace, what are you on? I'm on Comcast. Comcast Time Warner. Could, Time Warner. So my guess is that it, it depends on the client's ISP in relation to the you know phoning home, which is cryptic service through Cogent. So yeah, interesting stuff. I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that somebody found this. It's definitely a couple of links up the chain from us because, like, I noticed that from just from my friends list, Cookie, Sarcasm Detector, and I all get booted at the same time, and we're very geographically distant from each other. Like, yeah, he's from Canada, all over North America, so it's definitely closer to them than to us. Got to switch to FiOS, guys. All right, Woody Valley commented, "Not a fan of DS9." Hey, Elijah, would you say that it's a fake? Go on, I know you want to. Thanks, guys. Al, Captain Gecko Rivera tweeted, Elijah's comments on Priority One podcast about DS9. Them's fighting words. Uh-oh. Bring it on, man. Bring it on right here, man. Let's go. Bring it on. It's Bring it on, clean man. It. Bring it on, clean it. Bring it on. I'm right here. You got to be careful, on, Elijah. He might, he might realize your tactic of antagonizing him to get him on the show more frequently. <laughs> Uli tweeted us would love if you can do an explanation tutorial segment on the podcast example what are deflectors really good for hey Jace that's for you Uh, that's a good idea especially now that we have the secondary deflectors in place it'd be a good way for us to learn some more about science too Cookie you'd have to help me with that because that's my weakest you'd have to help me with that because science is definitely my weakest specialty why would I? Why? why You're why, a science captain mean? that flies a science ship. That's why. Only recently did I fly in that a science game. Only in recently science space. did I fly that science ship. Only because of the doping during science hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's a good tier six. Uh, what, what ship would you it fly is, instead? And it's a carrier, and that's my thing. I yeah. like carriers. It's a good ship. The USS yeah, Lollipop. Lollipop. Green Dragoon actually made the video clip that Al Rivera suggested in last week's episode with Seven of Nine witnessing the stabilization of Omega Particles using the in-game minigame. He tweeted, Captain Gecko, your wish is my command. And the YouTube link will be in the show notes. It's quite nice. I enjoyed it's awesome. it. awesome. And it got posted songs. just in time for Al's birthday. Yay! Each week, our social media channels are busy with your thoughts, opinions, and suggestions for the show. Please keep them coming. Reach out to us on facebook.com forward slash priority one podcast. Follow us on Twitter at STO priority one or shoot us an email incoming at priority one podcast.com. Well, that wraps up episode 211 of priority one podcast. But before we do, it's time to thank a few of our patrons, Isaiah Dorsch, Lee Malin, and Jeffrey Miracle. We thank the awesome patrons and the rest of the team of listeners that support us each month on patreon.com forward slash priority one. Be sure to catch our episodes every Monday morning by pointing your podcast catchers to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. 
Admirals, you know we love hearing from you. Let us know what you think of the show and submit your responses for our community question in the comments section on our site or on the STO forum post for this episode. This week's community question is, what has your experience been with the changes to the reward payouts in STO? Have you begun earning enough XP to better progress through something like the specialization system? Do you feel you now have several options to go and level? Let us know your thoughts in the comments section for this episode on PriorityOnePodcast.com or in the official show post for the episode on the Star Trek Online forums. Stay in touch with us throughout the week by following our social media websites. Head over to Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast and give us a like. Or check us out on Twitter via at STOPriority1. You can even join the Priority One Podcast chat in-game. Just type forward slash channel underscore join space Priority One. Admirals, we want to thank you for your ongoing support of Priority One Podcast. With your support, we've already hit our monthly running costs, and we are so very grateful to all our patrons. Don't forget, even if you can't offer financial support, sharing our show with your friends is another great way to show us your support. And don't forget to tune into Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency Podcast at GuardFrequency.com, covering the ongoing development of Chris Roberts' upcoming space sim, Star Citizen. If you like this show, then listening to Guard Frequency is the logical choice. The Priority One fleet is recruiting. If you're interested in joining, just shoot us an email with your at handle and we'll be sure to send you an invite. The email is incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. And now you can join our Klingon Fleet Division, Warriors of Priority One. Today is a good day to join. And now the Priority One fleet will be hosting live stream giveaways every Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, hosted only by the Priority One fleet. Thanks to the entire team behind Priority One Podcast, including our audio engineer, Ben Churchill, with support from audio assistants Admiral Winters and Frederick Redegard. And to QA support staffer Midnight Shadow 7, the host of Tribbles and Ecstasy. Thanks to our graphic artist Romulan Ale, to all of our bloggers and their managing editor L, to the new writer of our prelude dramas Jake Morgan, to our video editor Jerry Tillman, to Chris Trone, our new social media manager, and thanks to the composer of our theme music Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. But most importantly, a big thanks to you the Star Trek online community, our listeners. Because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Red alert. Shields up. Ready weapons. Engage. Engage. Alright, so I'm going to read this and then... Um, you can go to the bathroom, Jace. Look at you, they don't give you nothing I to I know, say. that's fine. <laughs> that's because these are sincerity things and he knows <laughs> I don't, I don't know that. Star Chaser writes via PriorityOnePodcast.com 
When it comes to crafting the actual gear, I don't mind the randomness of modifiers that much, especially since most of the items are Mark II and cheaply made. When you get the modifiers you want, it makes this... When you upgrade items, you are spending extensive research. When it comes to upgrading, you... Oh my god. When it comes to upgrading, that is a different story. When you upgrade items, you are spending extensive resources. What happens when it comes to upgrading? (laughs) (laughs) That's a different story. When it comes to upgrading, that's a different story. When you upgrade items, you... (laughs) Tell us again! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We haven't had one of those in a while. When you up... When you upgrade items, you are spending extensive Wait, you resources. Can't go, you gotta go back to when it it's comes two, to upgrading. It's two separate sentences. It's two separate sentences. <laughs> Alright. I just want to hear it again. Shillelagh, Clan Flores. Sorry. Shillelagh. Oh, man. When it comes to upgrading, that is a different story. When you upgrade items, you... <laughs> <laughs> Why would you even do it? Because it's like, I'm expecting Cookie to be like, what is it? (laughs) What happens? All right, Woody Valley commented, not a fan of DS9. Hey, Elijah, would you say that it's a fake? It's a fake. Go on, I know you want to. Thanks, guys. Cookie, can you make a note that we need, uh, we'll need to have that clip ready for feedback, please? Okay, let me just see uh, where Deep we Space are. Nine, um, okay. It's a fake. Deep Space Nine, it's a fake from uh, in a pale in a, in the pale moonlight or in a pale moonlight. I forget. And if he doesn't know where it's a fake is from, he's fired. <laughs> I actually didn't know where it's a fake is from, so I should be fired. <laughs> <laughs> Stay in touch with us throughout the week by following our social media websites. Head over to facebook.com forward slash priority one podcast and give us a like. Or check us out on Twitter via at STO Priority One. You can even join the Priority One podcast chat in game. Just type forward slash channel underscore join priority. Crap, dang it, you guys. <laughs> you made it almost all the way. I know, almost. So close. Stay in touch with us throughout the week by following our social media web... I'm taking all my headphones, you jerks. I didn't do it this Restart. time. My god, my voice is so loud without these headphones on. I can't even deal, I can't even deal with it. Oh, god. You literally can't even right now. I can't even with you right now. With myself. Oh, it's so loud. It's like echoey in my head. And If you like this show, then listening to Guard Frequency is the logical choice. And if you have problems with paying for things in Star Trek Online, then don't you dare think about going to Star Citizen. <laughs> <laughs> these, these headphones are like a nice little cocoon of cozy. 